would you think about what I'm asking the Lord to do right now? Okay? Don't be thinking about anything else. You ask, along with me, for his work in our lives. Lord Jesus, Holy Spirit, would you do your work in our hearts tonight? Would you help us to hear your voice and that we'd know what we're supposed to do with what we learned tonight? Teach us, oh God, that we would walk in your truth. Would you give us undivided hearts to fear your name? Help us, in Jesus' name, amen. Okay, so in this book of Acts, what we've been learning about is not just about stuff that happened a long, long, long time ago. What we're trying to do is take the information that we are learning in Acts and applying it to our own lives so that there will be transformation. Okay, let me, let me, let me explain to you that in a way that you can remember. We don't just want information about stuff. We want transformation. We expect that what, you, what is happening in the hearts of people who are in this room is going to be affecting the way that they live their lives when they're not in this room. So what I'm hoping is that you think differently about situations in your life because of what happens here tonight. And if you think differently about situations because of what happens here tonight, then you're going to live differently. I am recruiting you to live as a part of this army of Jesus, this revolution that he started almost 2,000 years ago and that we're continuing today. So we're, ask, we're trying to change the way that you live. We're trying to change the way that you think. That's why we're studying the Bible. Okay? If you don't want that, this isn't going to be fun. Okay, so this is where we are. Let, what we're specifically talking about tonight is, uh, is you thinking differently about decisions that you make. I want you to think about decisions that you made today. Um, what, let me ask you guys this. Who, who, who made decisions today? Who made some decisions today that were really, really big? Kind of. Kind of pretty good. I mean, yeah, Josh, he, he made a decision to come to the Cornerstone for the first time. I mean, you don't know how big that decision was. But you're going to look back and you're going to think, man, I, can't, I went to the Cornerstone and that was the beginning of me get in touch with all these people who love me. And maybe you're not sure about that yet, but I'm sure about it if you just, fall, if you just walk out that path. So who, who else made big decisions today? Now you're afraid to raise your hands. Okay. Um, we're making decisions all the time. Some of you guys decided what to wear. Some of you guys decided what to eat. Some of you guys decided who to marry. Some of you guys decided what job to take. So you guys are making some dis big decisions. Some of those decisions are big, and some of them are really, really small. But here, here's what I want to, maybe you guys do this. You can either write this down in your notes, if you have notes. If you don't have notes, then you can text me. My number is 817-501-8941. And why don't you just write down some of the decisions that you are facing right now. Okay, 817-501-8941. And Skylar already beat me to it up there on the screen. So text me. I, we're not going to go through all these decisions by any means tonight, but I, I just want to engage your mind into actually trying to think through what you're going to do about the things that you have to make decisions about. So here's where we're going with this. Yeah, some of you guys go to Grace Community Church. About a month ago, Pastor Gary was teaching through Acts 16, and I thought, man, he, he beat me to it. So what we're doing is we're going to take what he taught a month ago, and we're going to kind of t use this time as lab time. Okay, you guys go to class, you learn the stuff, the 
the, the concepts in class, then you go to lab and you practice what you learn in class. So we're, that's kind of what we're doing tonight. And I hope that what happens tonight is going to help you make decisions that are going to be benefit not just you, but p other people in the world and are going to bring glory to Jesus. Okay? So if we open your Bibles, if you don't have a Bible, raise your hands. I saw somebody handing out Bibles a second ago. Um, who, had, who had a stack of Bibles? Okay. Okay. Was it Yemi? Okay. Okay, if you guys don't have a Bible, Yemi will give you one. But let's start in Acts 15, Acts 15, verse 36. And like I said, we're backing up a little bit. So Acts, Acts 15, verse 36. Sometime later, Paul said to Barnabas, let's go back and visit the brothers in all the towns where we preach the word of the Lord and let's see how they're doing. So he's, they're, they're doing ministry in Antioch. That's in Turkey. And they say, Paul says to Barnabas, hey, let's go do this thing. So I want you guys to think about how he makes this decision to do that. And then, of course, they have a little bit of a disagreement whether to take John Mark. And we talked about that a couple weeks ago. But then down in verse 41, he, he chooses Silas to go with him instead of Barnabas. And Silas and Paul went through Syria and Cilicia strengthening the churches. Okay. So I want you guys to think, first of all, what was Paul's, what was the process that Paul was going through to help him make this decision? I mean, what, what's motivating him? They're doing ministry. Everything's cool. He's got, he's staying in a, uh, uh, with, with other believers, but he says, let's go do this thing. So the process, let me just tell you, the reason that he does this, probably above all else, is because he is in obedience to the word of Jesus. He's obeying Jesus. Do you guys remember what Jesus said? Jesus, just, be, just before he stepped off this planet, he said, go make disciples of all nations, baptizing them, teaching them to obey everything. Do you guys remember this? And then when Jesus met Paul, when Jesus stood in front of Paul on the road to Damascus, and in the days after that, Jesus spoke to Paul and told him that he was going to be an instrument of Jesus to proclaim the message of Jesus to the Gentile world. So the first reason that we see for why Paul decides, he's making a decision here. He's making a decision to go back on the road, and he's doing it out of obedience to Jesus. Okay, so I want you guys to hear a story from Luke Bishop. Um, about how he made a decision based on obedience to the words of Jesus. Okay? I want you to think about in your life, some of you in, your, in, in, in this room tonight are wondering whether to go this way or this way. You need to make a decision about something. And I want to challenge you to be like Luke Bishop in how he made a decision that's affected many people's lives. He made the decision out of obedience to Jesus. So listen to this. Um, so I guess now almost three years ago, um, I was kind of in this big rough decision of, okay, I've just done a year here in the US doing youth ministry with an organization called Pays, and I'm deciding whether I go back, take up my offer um, to study mechanical engineering in England. And I had been thinking and thinking and praying and praying um, and I've been praying, like, do I stay on pays or do I go um, back home? And um, I didn't really get an answer. So I decided I'm going to go back home. And I told my parents that, and I was, like, set on it. I'm like, I'm going back home. Um, and 
then one day, um, I was sitting at, um, in the prayer room and someone was speaking and they were teaching out of um, Luke chapter 9. And this wasn't like anything that they were, they were teaching. They weren't teaching on whether you should stay in the U.S. or go home. Um, <laughs> they weren't teaching on any of that. But um, these two verses stuck out to me, um, Luke 9, 61 and 62, where um, this guy says to Jesus, Lord, I'll follow you. Um, but first, let me go home and say goodbye to those at home. And Jesus says to him, um, like, truly, I tell you, no one after laying their hand to the plow and turning back is fit for the kingdom of God. And in that moment, it was like I just got hit with just this understanding that what Jesus was saying was that I had laid my hand to this plow of ministry and that for me to go home and go do an engineering degree was turning turning off it was turning back and um that i should stay and continue doing ministry and so that's what i've done so that's why i'm here so okay i want you to think you guys as i asked you a few minutes ago to write down or text me a decision that you need to make and i want to ask you is there anything in the scripture like what Luke just, just said, that you trust as an authority in your life to be able to say, okay, the scripture says this, and therefore, I know what I'm supposed to do. Okay, I want you to think about that. Some of you, the answer is right here in the Word of God. And maybe you need somebody to show that to you. Maybe you need to ask somebody, is there anything in the Word of God about which decision I need to make here? But some of you already know it. And I encourage you tonight to let the Word of God, the words of Jesus, be your authority because you can't go wrong with that okay got that first one so the first part of this decision making process that paul went through is obedience the second one the second way that they made decisions was from these verses in luke 16 verse 1 he came to derby and then to lystra where a disciple named timothy lived whose mother was a jewish and a believer and whose father was a Greek. The brothers at Lystra and Iconium spoke well of him. What's this guy's name? Timothy. Paul wanted to take him along the journey, so he circumcised him because of the Jews who lived in that area, for they all knew that his father was a Greek. So Paul decides to take Timothy, and he decides to circumcise him. So two decisions are made here, and I want you to think about why. What is Paul doing? Why? Why does he do this? Why does he choose Timothy, and why does he circumcise this guy? I mean, if you're going to take somebody on a trip, what a terrible thing to do to the guy. But there's a reason for this, and the reason is because it makes sense. First of all, it makes sense because you remember what had happened in the chapter just before this in the in, in Jerusalem as the Gentile church and the Jewish church come together and they're trying to figure out whether the Gentiles, the non-Jewish people, have to become Jews and be circumcised in order to be saved. And the decision that they make is a decision that really is, is more on the Gentile side, but it is somewhat of a compromise. And so the decision is, no, they do not need to become Jews. They do not need to be circumcised. They can be saved as Gentiles as they are. That was the decision, the decision that was made. But... Paul understands that there is going to be a cultural clash within the church that potentially could break the church apart. And so he says, I need a guy who's like Timothy, half Gentile, half Jew, and this guy's going to be strategic. 
So he recruits Timothy to be a part of his team. But for the sake of people who are going to blast him, he says, okay, you know what? We don't need you to be circumcised to be saved, but for the sake of the people that we're trying to reach, let's go ahead and do this thing. And they do it. It's not necessary other than for the fact that it makes sense because of the people that they're trying to reach. Okay, so the, the second way that Paul makes a decision here, the first way was in regards to obedience. The second way that Paul's making a decision here is just in regards to it makes sense. So much of your Christian life isn't super overly spiritual. I mean, how many of you guys prayed about what to wear today? You guys are so unspiritual. No, I mean, not one person in this room said that you prayed about what to wear today. Some of you might need to do that. (laughs) I'm not saying who. But sometimes I'm looking, I'm looking at some people are dressed when when they're going to worship God. I'm thinking, I don't know, maybe they need to pray about what to wear. Okay, but that's not a slam, sorry. Just, Just, guys, we don't need to pray about most of these things. You guys wore what you wore today because... You looked at the weather report, and you're like, man, it's going to be cold. I think I'll get a jacket and a cool hat like Josh. I mean, you need those things on a cold day, right? Okay, so you, you, you didn't have to pray about it. Okay, so what's, what's going on here in Paul's decision is about what makes sense. So I want you guys to hear a story from Aaron about how the, the Lord led his life to the point where he is today. And he didn't even fast about some of these things. It just made sense, so come here. Hey, guys. Um, so the second, the second thing that Steve talked about is when it comes to following God, it sometimes, you know, it just makes sense, and you just go ahead and do the next right thing, you know. And so for me, you know, I've been in this ministry for five years now, overseeing worship, uh, and I kind of um, uh, walked into the cornerstone when I applied for the discipleship housing program from India. And Steve said, yes, you're approved. You can move in straight into the guy's house. And so I have a bachelor's degree from India, and I was pursuing my master's at UTA, and I finished one year at UTA. And at the end of that year, you know, I ended up um, deciding to head back home because I, th- I thought, you know, I can, I can not spend more money and go back home. But while I was studying at UTA, I was serving here on the worship team, and Joey Geisel, who was our guest worship leader last week, he was overseeing worship, uh, worship ministry here, and so basically, you know, I would play uh, the guitar, and I would sing, and that is something that I had never experienced in my entire life. I grew up as a Catholic, and so I never knew anything about leading worship, anything about playing guitar in the church, and so when I would play here, I would always cherish that that time that would become the highlight of my week and so that was always there in the back of my uh, mind that this is what I want to do even after I graduate from UTA and when things didn't work out I was just asking the Lord you know because I had received so many prophetic words and so many words of encouragement words of knowledge and words of wisdom from India and so many prophets and uh, close friends in India who had said that, Aaron, you're going to do great things for the Lord, and God's going to use you with this passion that you have in your heart. And so at the end of the first year of my stay in the States, it, that pro- those prophecies, those words of knowledge and wisdom, those encouraging words almost felt like, is this going to come to pass? And 
So I was talking to Steve upstairs in his office on December 15th, um, around 12:30 um, p.m. And I was just telling I was just telling Steve. I said, Steve, thank you so much for letting me stay in your house. It's it's been a privilege. It's been a great experience. Um, and for those who have not been to uh, the discipleship houses, I would love for you all to try it out. It's incredible. You'll love it. I lived there for four and a half years, four, four years, eight months. And so I was, I was just telling some of the guys, beat that record if you can. <laughs> and so um, basically going back to my uh, talk with Steve, I was just telling him, Steve, I think I'm just going to head back home. And all of a sudden, out of nowhere, at the end of that conversation, I stood up, I gave him a hug. I said, I love you, I thank you very much for letting me stay in your house. Um, and then I, I was heading out of his office and he said, hey, have you heard about CFNI? And that idea came out of nowhere. You know, we were not talking about me staying here, me staying longer than a year. And so I believe God gave him that word of knowledge. Steve was my guardian angel at that moment. And I said, what is CFNI? Is that, is that a gym that I can go work out? <laughs> but it was a gym. It's a spiritual gym that you can work out your spiritual muscles. Let's flex, let's flex to that. Um, and so <laughs> basically with that being said, um, I said, okay, let me talk to my parents because as an international student, being on F1 visa, I have to rely on my parents to fund me or someone else. Um, and so when I talked to my parents, you know, it was a leap of faith for me for them to even say yes to it. And they said, Aaron, this makes sense. Um, and we will support you. We'll give you the money that you need. Uh, and initially, I decided to go do two years. And at the end of two years, I decided to go do one more year. And again, it was a leap of faith asking my parents if they would support me for one more year. And they said yes to that again. And so I know this was God's plan, and it made sense at that moment. So I did, I did not even have a time to fast and pray. I did pray. <laughs> I didn't fast or anything, but I, I believe the Lord. And I, connecting all those dots, it did make sense at that moment. And I said, God, this is the right path. This is my passion. This is what makes me very happy. And at the end of that, one year, now four, four and a half years, looking back at that moment, now I know as a director of Grace of Superiors at Grace Community Church, working full time, this is God's doing. This is the harvest of all those prophecies, the, the words of knowledge, words of wisdom that were sown into my heart, into my future. I see uh, it as the harvest because it made sense because Steve was that guardian angel to me, and he will be to many of you if you listen to what he has to say and quickly obey <laughs> whatever he has to say. So thank you, Steve. Love you, man. That's, that's an amazing story. But here's what I want you guys to see, is that it just made sense. He went, when Aaron was explaining to me, I didn't remember all the exact details, but I just remember him saying, I think what I really wanted to spend my life doing is lead worship. And I thought, then lead worship. Lead the, the, you've got to put that in your heart, lead worship. And if you need some training, why don't you go to CFNI? Okay, so here's what I want you guys to think about. What, as you're thinking about what, what, you know, making a decision about what's next. Or you've got, do I, go, do I turn right or do I turn left? Here's what I want to encourage you to do. Is the Lord has given you brains. He's given you a calling if your eyes are on him, you will 
make the right choice. If your eyes aren't on him, then this is not going to work. But if your eyes aren't on him and your priorities and your values are, are set by him, and then you decide, hey, I think I'm going to take the job at Lockheed Martin instead of the job at Jack in the Box. Uh, it, it, you don't have to have a vision to make that decision. It makes sense. You guys with me? Some of you need to make just move forward in what you know to be the right thing tonight because it makes sense and not wait for some kind of sign in the sky. And maybe God does that. We're going to talk more about how God does some things like that. But you cannot put God, you cannot pr press God to give you a sign when he's given you the ability to have faith, trust him. Sometimes the demand for a sign is a, a proof of a lack of faith. Okay, so I want you guys to see the third way that, that Paul makes a decision, and that's here in chapter 16, verse 4. You guys still with me? Okay, chapter 16, verse 4. As they traveled from town to town, they delivered the decisions reached by the apostles and elders in Jerusalem for the people to obey. So the churches were strengthened in faith and grew daily in numbers. Okay, I want you to think about the, the decision-making process that Paul goes through here. Why he's doing this. He's doing this. What, can you guys catch it? He's doing this because they were at the conference in Jerusalem where the, the, the church leaders, the Antioch church leaders, and the Jerusalem church leaders came together and, and made a ruling decision and gave him the responsibility to go and explain this. Remember, they didn't have internet. They didn't have a way to get the information out there. So he goes as a person to all these churches to say, this is the decision that was made. What Paul is doing here is he is submitting to church authority. He's submitting to authority. And there are, there, there, for some of you in this room, there could be a, a solution to the dilemma that you have as you think about whether to turn right or to turn left if you would submit to the authority of the people who have been placed over you. So I want you guys to hear a story from uh, Ashley about how the Lord really worked in her life because she submitted. So, hi, good night, everybody. Um, so last year, yes, 2018, I had just applied and got hired for a job at the apartment complex where I used to live at which is a Heights on Pecan. So I was going to be a resident assistant. And I had called my pastor about it. And then because that's like that same day, um, somebody else told me like, hey, like, have you thought about the discipleship housing? <laughs> and I was like, what's that? <laughs> and so they explained it to me. And I got hired and I called my pastor and I was like, pastor, um, I just got hired. <laughs> for this job. I'll be having my own apartment. They'll be paying me. Um, it will look good on my resume and stuff. And I'm like, and a friend also called me and they told me about the, the discipleship housing. And he's like, what's that? And so I, I explained it to him. And he's like, okay, why don't we pray about it? And then decision is yours. What do you think God wants for you? And so I prayed and I like, it was just like the answer was obvious. And so uh, it's just like I was thinking, okay, I was thinking in the, like, worldly way that many people here, like, in the society now, like, oh, this will look good on my resume, but where is God? Like, how am I going to be growing in, in his, um, like, in his will? How am I going to be walking um, if I accept this, 
Um, and I wasn't going to go anywhere. I didn't have anybody here to, like, sharpen me like I do at the discipleship housing. And it was really cool because I immediately just, like, I just got hired. I called my pastor. I prayed. And then I, I emailed my boss for, like, 10 minutes, I guess. <laughs> and I was like, Mandy, I'm sorry. Uh, I just came up with, like, something else came up, and I appreciate the offer. But I found something that's going to help me, um, not in like not only in this life, but after this life. And I was just like, I think that's what my time will be um, worth more. And I was just like, thank you for the opportunity, but, like, yeah, that's that's basically what happened. <laughs> so you get a job to be in the discipleship house. Uh, was that worth it? Was it worth it? Yes. Oh, great. I was hoping you said that. Okay, great. Okay, guys, I want you to see the, the next way that Paul um, w made a decision. This is from chapter 16, verse 6. I want you guys to see this. Chapter first, 16, verse 6. Paul and his companions traveled through the region of Phrygia and Galatia. This is in Turkey. Having been kept by the Holy Spirit from preaching the word of God in the province of Asia. Okay, so the process of Paul's decision making here is that there is direct and personal guidance of the Holy Spirit. They're planning to go into the province of Asia. The Holy Spirit does not let them. Okay, I want you guys to hear a story from Anna about how the Holy Spirit m changed her plans where she thought she was going. Yes, so um, last summer I went to Indonesia, and so that was not the original plan. The original plan was to go to Kyrgyzstan, which seemed to line up with what I wanted to do a lot better. I was going to go teach English to drug-addicted orphans, and that sounded like the greatest thing in the world to me because I would get to go to Central Asia, and I would get to teach English, and it sounded perfect. I'm like, all right, that's what I'm doing because it made sense. Um, so that was a plan for a while, and then eventually, like, this feeling bubbled up in my chest that said, don't go to Kyrgyzstan, go to Indonesia, and I'm just like, no. And then, so I moved on. And then it kept coming back. And I was like, no, I don't want to. Like, the idea of going to Indonesia was just like, no. I don't, I don't want to go there. It does not sound very interesting. But Kyrgyzstan, that sounds great. But that feeling wouldn't go away. And I wasn't, like, I wasn't at peace about my decision. And that was the Holy Spirit telling me, hey, don't go to Kyrgyzstan. Go to Indonesia. Because that is the way better option. And eventually, I gave in. Because I'm like, okay, fine. I guess I know what you're doing, Holy Spirit. No, I guess you know what you're doing, Holy Spirit. And it turned out way better because when I went to Indonesia, I learned things that I probably would not have learned in Kyrgyzstan. And what they were doing there was basically now like the direction that I want to go in. And then also when I decided to go to Kyrgyzstan, I wasn't dating Daniel. And then when it was time to get into Indonesia, we were dating. So God was like, hey, you're going to want to go to Indonesia. I didn't know that yet, but he knew. <laughs> And that's it. Okay, guys, what's the takeaway from that? Here's the takeaway. That some of you, as you think about your decisions that you have in front of you, whether you turn to the right or you turn to the left, some of you deep inside know what the Holy Spirit wants you to do. And it might not make sense. 
you might think, well, Kyrgyzstan's a great place. That's where I really want to go. But somehow she knew deep inside what she was supposed to do. And what I'm inviting you, what the Lord is inviting you to do in regards to this is just is you surrender. Lord, here I am. I'll go anywhere you want me to go. I will let you do what you want to do. And I trust that you're going to show me the way. Okay. The next, what, the next way that we see Paul make decisions is through the Holy Spirit's providence and sovereignty. Now you think, well, this is the same thing that we just talked about. Well, let's look at verse 7. Verse 7, when they came to the border of Messiah, they tried to enter Bithynia, but the Spirit of Jesus would not allow them to. So they passed by Messiah and went down to Troas. Okay, this is similar to what we just what we just heard about, but this is what it is. There are times where you don't know what you're supposed to do, but things happen where you can't seem you can't seem to get that job, you can't seem to get the visa, you can't seem to get through to the person that you need to talk to, and you think, why isn't anything working out? And the reason is is because God has a bigger picture of what's going on, and he has a strategy of getting you to the place that you need to be at. Maybe it's even the cornerstone, so you can meet the right person. And I want you guys to hear a story about that. Who's doing this story? Is it Josie or is it? Oh, it's Everett. Hey, guys. So Anna's story um, ended with her finding out about dating Daniel. Mine was a breakup. So (laughs) there I was three years ago. My heart broken, I was so upset, and I was crying a lot. And five months passes, and the Lord's like, Everett, it's okay. This is for, this is for the better. And I'm like, no, it's not. You don't know what you're talking about. And I was just really upset. Um, and so because of this breakup, my relationship with my, excuse me, sorry. Because of this relationship, my relationship with my parents was super-duper bad. Because we had just done a lot of things that weren't super great. So I ended up getting kicked out. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no. Um, So, yeah, I got kicked out, and I was given, like, three weeks' notice, I think. And so I ended up calling Tobias, who probably most of you don't know. But Tobias is great. Love that guy. Um, And I was like, hey, man, I know about the discipleship housing at um, Cornerstone. Um, Put me in. And he was like, okay, I got you. And so I ended up moving in, um, and then I met Luke, like, a day after, because he moved in with me. Um, What a great guy. I love that guy. Um, And so then, what's crazier than that is there I was, working, doing my life, being lame, and the Lord, while I was on a trip to the Grand Canyon, was like, Everett, you freaking idiot, except he didn't say that. It was (laughs) much nicer. (laughs) He was like, he was like, I was like, taking quiet time, having some nice prayer, you know, having some nice communing with the Lord, and um, he was just like, hey, what are you doing, man? And I was like, what do you mean, what am I doing? And he's like, what you doing? And I'm like, I'm sitting here, dude. And and he was like, well, you know, like, you've been helping at Cornerstone with, like, media stuff, and, like, you know that's what you want to do. You were going to school for it, and then you got sick, and then you flunked all your classes because you didn't drop them. You know, you were dumb and decided that you could still pass them. Um, and I was like, oh, yeah, you're right. I do like media. I do like film. And he was like, yeah, so just just go do it, dude. And I'm like, I don't know, okay. It's like, I don't know. And then I was reading through Ecclesiastes, 
And I get to Ecclesiastes 4, 6, and it's like, oh, hey, better one hand filled with tranquility than two hands filled with toil and chasing after the wind. And it all clicked, <laughs> all of it. The past year clicked. And I was like, oh, my gosh. I was like, I didn't know what the Lord was doing in my life. And then I proceeded to not do what he told me to. So you keep going, and I'm like, oh, the Lord's working in my life, but I don't know how he's working because I was just being dumb. And so then fast forward another six months, and I get hired at Grace after doing some volunteer work and after quitting my job and being jobless for a month. And I had $25 in my bank account, I think. And I was like, oh, Jesus, is this what you wanted me to do? And he was like, yeah, you should have done it in the first place. And I was like, oh, I should have done it in the first place. So now here I am a year and a half later, and I'm doing great. And that's how the Lord worked in my life without me knowing it. And yeah, good stuff. Okay, here's what I want you guys to, to think about. How many of you guys have had a situation in your life that just seems like this is way off plan? This could never work. And yet enough time has gone by that you look back and say, God used that mess up or that breakup to bring me to the point where I am now and it is good. How many of you guys? Okay. What's the verse that teaches us this, this truth? Proverbs 3, 5, 6, that's one of them. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, you acknowledge him, and he works your life out. Okay, what's another verse? Okay, Romans 8, 28. For we know, guys, let's, let's say this together. For we know that God causes all things to work together for the good of those who love him and are called according to his purposes. And we know this. So when things are bad, some of you guys are in that situation right now going, I don't know what is going on. God is using the situations in your life right now to bring you to a place where he can use you in a greater way. Okay. The next way that we see Paul make a decision is in verse 9 and 10. This is what happens here. Verse 9, during the night, Paul had a vision of a man of Macedonia standing and begging him, come over to Macedonia and help us. Where's Paul when this vision happens? He's in Turkey. Okay? He's in Turkey, and he sees a vision of a guy in Macedonia, which is Greece. So that's over on the other, other side of the Black Sea area, that, that area. And he sees this vision. In the night, it's a dream. And after Paul had seen the vision, we got ready at once to leave for Macedonia. Who's we? His team. And who's on his team, obviously, at this point, because the person who's writing is Dr. Luke. Okay? So they get ready to leave based on a dream that Paul had, concluding that God had called us to preach the gospel to them. So... This decision is made in a couple ways. First of all, this decision to go from Turkey over to Greece is made because of a dream, and it's also made because of the conclusion after discussing with people who are, who are trusted, okay? So I want, I want some, uh, who, let's see, who's coming? Yemi, Chan, come and tell us a story of how a dream, how God spoke to you in a dream, and you made a decision based on that dream. Hello. Um. So, um, when I was in high school, I was a senior in high school. I was living in Grand Prairie. 
Oh, sorry. <laughs> um, okay, so I was living in Grand Prairie. I was a senior in high school. And at this point, I was still living with my parents and just, <coughs> I think, yeah. And um, and my parents didn't know this and no one knew this because if I had told them this, like, people would think I was crazy just kind of like here in the, like here in the dream we show over here. But like God speaks to me mainly through dreams because I talk a lot and in my dreams is when I'm quiet. So, um, <laughs> So God, so um, in the dream, it was, I was, I, I was walking, I love walking, so I was walking, and um, I saw this man, there's this man that looks not like, that looks like Pastor Gary, if you don't know, Pastor Gary was our, um, is our pastor at Grace Community Church, so, um, and he was like, just standing there, and then there was a stone um, in the shape of like, cornerstone stone in the front you know yeah so there was a stone and on there like obviously it says cornerstone but in the back it said like Matthew 28 19 and I was just kind of like oh what is this and I was and at the time I wasn't really a full I wasn't a devoted Christian yet because I grew up in a Muslim background so um I was like oh cool what is this so then like I talked to my pastor about it and he was like this is Matthew 18, and it's like, okay, we, I mean, you guys know what it says, like, therefore go now and make disciples of all nations, baptize them in the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit, right? And then, um, and I was just kind of like, okay, cool, what does that mean? And in the week before, I actually got in a dream, like, that I was going to Japan, and I was like, I have a lot of Japan, Japanese friends. I was like, okay, cool, I'm going to visit my friend in Japan. And I, I didn't know that um, God was calling me into ministry in Japan. So um, through that dream, I was able to, through someone else named Autumn, um, I was able to come to Cornerstone. Um, and I was like, oh, look, it's the stone. And then I was like, oh, that's really cool. And I, at first, it didn't feel like a dream. It felt like a deja vu. Like, you know, it's like, I've seen this before, but it's really a dream. <laughs> so, um, so like, through that dream, God led me to Cornerstone. And one thing was like, I, um, so it w the decision was before the night, that night before I went to sleep, um, at school, my counselor told me that I had gotten a full ride to scholarship through track to UCLA. Um, so I was going to go to UCLA to do track and study criminal justice because I've always loved criminal justice. Um, so I was like, oh, like, I was like excited because I was ready to go away from my family because there was not a lot, like, there's problems in, like, my family, my stepmom, and, like, the situation wasn't healthy, so I was like, I would get away from here as soon as possible, but, um, so I was ready to take up that scholarship to UCLA, but, um, then I went out to the, like, went to sleep, and God showed me that dream, and now I'm here, and because of that, I've been doing ministry, um, through Steve, um, to Japan and now um, Philippines and helping teach English there. And I think if I had gone to UCLA, like there's no ministry like this there. So I um, got really directed back that path through um, showing me what the next step was for me. And yeah. Oh, so guess how many of you, I know you guys all have crazy dreams, so don't tell us your dreams, but how many of you guys have, a dr have had a dream like what, let me just talk about or what, what Paul, we just read about Paul, where in your dream you knew, ex you knew when you woke up exactly what you were supposed to do, or, or later you, you, you realized, oh, God was leading me in that dream. Okay, so maybe, yeah, about, about one out of five of you it looks like. Um, God speaks in dreams. I would say with most dreams, you have to confirm that in other ways. Um, don't, don't just take, I mean, there, there's a cr crazy dream. So be careful with how you interpret your dreams. I've had people tell me stuff that they, 
they dream stuff. Now they're deciding that they're doing things that I'm not sure necessarily from the Lord. So be careful. But, like Jimmy said, there are times when people are so busy that we don't have time, that we forget to listen to the Lord, and He will speak to us in our dreams. So don't write that off. Okay. Also, what we saw here is when Paul wakes up from that, he talks with he talks with Luke and the others about, okay, should we do this thing? Is this from the Lord? So, so through discussion, Julian, let's see, who's got the, was it Julian? Oh, it's Nick. Okay, Nick. Nick's got a story about how the Lord led him through discussion with other people. So when I was uh, probably four and a half, I was dunked in a tub of water, and I didn't know what that meant. Um, and, uh, you know, I, the, I, the church from that point onward, especially in the environment I grew up in, that was my classroom, and the Bible was my textbook. Okay, so I had knowledge, right, in the same way that you have knowledge about philosophy or literature. And that, in my head, was good enough, right? I, I didn't really pray. I didn't really seek after God in a personal relationship. And I thought that was good enough. And I was on that path, and I was going to be on that path for the rest of my life. Until a man who would later become my mentor, Mr. Charles, chased me down after a trek, a trek uh, thing, which is like a Bible memorization class, uh, and said, Nick, I need you to tell me your testimony. And I looked at him like a deer in the headlights, and I was like, uh... I said, my mom could probably tell you my testimony better than I could. And as those words left my mouth, I realized it clicked. I was like, oh my goodness, I have this all kinds of wrong. And it was then that I decided I want a relationship with Jesus. I looked at the Bible differently after that too. The Bible seemed more like a letter from God instead of a textbook from God. And um, I was baptized out of obedience to my Lord and Savior and out of love for my Lord and Savior at that point. So, Thanks, Vic. So here's what I want you guys to, to get from that. Is it took a discussion with his mentor to really help him understand what he was supposed to do. There's discussions that you guys need to have about some of the things that are going on in your life. There's people in my office all day asking, asking, okay, what am I supposed to do about this? But guys, there's, there's health in counselors. So if you want to know, if you're trying to figure out, Lord, what am I supposed to do? Don't make the decision yourself. Ask, ask your small group leader. Ask your house leader. Ask your parents. Ask your brothers and sisters here at the Cornerstone. Okay. Last one. That was number seven. Last one is um, starting in verse 11. Acts chapter 16, verse 11, from Troas, we put out a sea and sailed straight for Samothrace. Remember where they're trying to get to. They're leaving Turkey. Because of this dream, they're going across to Greece. And the next day, they got to Neapolis. From there, we traveled to Philippi, a Roman colony, and the leading city of the district of Macedonia. And we stayed there several days. Now, why? Well, I just want you to think. I'm not going to answer it, but I just want you to think what's motivating them. Why are they doing this? So they're traveling from, they've been, they've been in, in their home church in Antioch, they're traveling all over Turkey, now they're moving over to Greece. What is the motivation? What's driving them here? Verse 13, just want you to think about that. Verse 13, on the Sabbath, we went outside the city gate to the river where we expected to find a place of prayer. What's motivating them here? Why are they making that decision? They're just, it's the Sabbath, they're like, okay guys, let's go outside the city, let's go find a place where we can pray. What is the motivation? 
Think about this. What's their motivation? We sat down and we began to speak to the women who had gathered there. There's some women there next to the river. And they start talking to them. What is their motivation? They decide, they make a conscious decision to go out there to pray. They see these women. They make a conscious decision to talk to these women. Why do they do that? Think about that. Verse 14. One of those listening was a woman named Lydia a dealer in purple cloth from the city of Thyatira who was a worshiper of God. That means she wanted to follow God even though she didn't understand the way to him through Jesus. And the Lord opened her heart to respond to Paul's message. Verse 15, when she and the members of her household were baptized, she invited us to her home. She says this, if you consider me a believer in the Lord, come stay at my house. And she persuaded us they go with her they go with her here's what i want you guys to think about why do they go with her why are they doing this they decide to go with this woman who they just met who was baptized and live in her home of all the places they could have stayed in this city they stay with her why here's the reason i want you guys to think about this reason the, the motivating factor for why they're doing the things they do why they leave turkey why they go over to greece why they go to go to the river? Why do they talk to this woman? Why they explain the gospel to her is that they genuinely care about her and all the people who are hearing their message. The motivation is love. You guys remember later on, Paul writes in 2 Corinthians 5.14, for the love of Christ compels us. Everything that everybody does is being done because of some reason or another. Nobody does anything for no reason at all. You guys came here for a reason tonight. You guys are going to work or school or you're going to class tomorrow. You're going to work on your trumpets because you have some motivation in your heart. What was motivating Paul was love. His motivation in the decisions that he was making was love. I want you guys to hear a story from Julian about how she made a decision to do something based on love. So come here and tell us this story. Okay, so... I'm a student at ETA, and I'm in a, I have a social work major. I'm in currently in social work, pursuing social work. And that means that I have to accept all my clients that come from all different kinds of cultures and backgrounds, and this includes the LGBT community. And last semester, I felt like that was really conflicting because I didn't, I didn't really know how to love these people without agreeing with them and also loving Jesus. Um, and God sent me to this LGBT event where I was learning about the LGBT community and I didn't really know why I was there. Um, but then it started to make sense to me because I have a close uh, family member in my life who is in this community. And I, God showed me how to love them by serving them, by, and this is through like hanging out with them and because Jesus loves them and he died for them just like he died for every single one of us. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yes, I just told her, like, hey, I love you, I care for you, and, like, yeah, I just made her, made her sure, like, I apologized for if I hurt her in any way, and I just told her, like, hey, like, I care about you, and I just want you to know that, like, Jesus loves you, and, yeah. Okay, because as, as Julian was telling me that, I thought, this is a good example. I mean, Julian goes to this LGBT community, and she actually, this was, what, six months ago or so? Yeah. 
And actually, at that time, she came in my office and said, is it okay that, I went to, that I'm going to this thing? I said, go. Go. These precious people, they need your love. And so she, she not only g g goes to that, to that, what was it, uh, uh, some kind of a, some kind of meeting or something. She not only goes to that, but she, she, that really becomes the catalyst for her to say, I need to call my cousin and just let my cousin know how much I love her. I don't have to agree with her, but I love her. Guys, think about this. Some of the decisions that you need to make right now just need to be, be made, those decisions just to be made by you answering the question, what is the way of love? What's the most loving thing to do? There's people that you need to talk to because it's the most loving thing to do. There's places, there's re relationships that you need to repair because it's the most loving thing to do. Maybe there's relationships that you need to let go of because it's the most loving thing to do. But what we see Paul doing here is being compelled by the love of Christ. Okay, so as, you, as we went through all these, so eight things from Acts chapter last part of Acts chapter 15 and Acts chapter 16, where Paul makes decisions based on these different things. I hope that the Holy Spirit was speaking to you through what we're talking about, through these testimonies. But here's what I want to say about all this. None of this will work if your values and your priorities are not in line with Jesus. Does that make sense? That what this all hinges on is if your priorities are right, you cannot expect that God is going to lead your life and that you're going to make decisions that are going to cause your life to work if your priorities are wrong. So it all hinges on whether what you really, really, really want in life is his kingdom or not. Can you guys think of a verse that talks about that? About putting his kingdom first. Matthew 6.33, seek first his kingdom and his righteousness and then everything else works. That's what Jesus said. And if you don't seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, then nothing's ever going to work. And some of you guys have experienced that. So tonight the invitation is you make decisions based on his priorities, based on his values. So guys, let's do this. we got 12 minutes left. I think let's, let's, let's end this a little bit different than normal. Let's spend some time praying for each other. Some of you guys have big decisions to make. And we're not, you don't have to tell us what those are, okay? We're not going to make you come up here on the microphone and tell us what those are. But some of you guys need prayer. And we're going we're gonna to gather around some of you. And, and, and again, you don't have to tell everybody what those decisions are. But you need prayer. And uh, so would you, if, if you got some decisions that you need to make, would you raise your hand? Okay? Okay. Um, okay, you guys see who's, who's got their hands up? This is what we're going to do. We're going we're gonna to get around them. And we're going to spend the next few minutes praying for them, okay? If you're new here in your, or if you, you don't know what prayer is and you're like, this is kind of awkward, just watch. I mean, you're welcome to, to pretend you're praying if you want, or you, can, or you can just watch. But we don't want you to feel awkward. But the reason that we're going to do this is because some of these people really, really do need God's intervention in their lives to make decisions that are going to be for the glory of Jesus and for the good of people around, okay? So once again, raise your hand. Well, actually, why don't you guys just stand up? Stand up where you are if, you need, if, you're, if we're going to pray for you right now. Those people that just raised their hand. And then everybody else, you guys see who those are. Just get around them and just, just start praying for them. Just pray for them. You can pray for them out loud. You can pray for them under your, uh, uh, quietly if you want. But let's pray. Let's, and let's expect that the Lord is going to answer the prayers that you pray right now. Come on, let's pray. Next, next four minutes or so.
Guys, here's what I think the Lord wants us to do. 
Uh, some of you guys are listening to this, you're thinking, I've never surrendered my life to Jesus. And uh, we, we don't, because of space, we don't usually give an altar call, but we're going to do that tonight. So I, there's, there's probably some people here who, are, who need to say, Lord, I don't even understand what, what you're all about, but I need to surrender myself to you because I need you to lead my life. So if that's the case, uh, everybody's just going to, we're, we're going we're gonna to pray for you. And but what we're asking you to do, if that's you, we're asking you to, to take a stand and surrender your life to Jesus tonight. So just, just come up here. Come stand right here. And we're going we're gonna to pray for you if that's you. Okay? guys need to surrender your life to Jesus, then we'll talk about it later. And if not, then just as a, as a community people, let's just pray one more time, just saying, Lord, we are all surrendered to you. Let's pray. Lord Jesus, we, we do want you to lead our lives. we got all kinds of decisions to make that, that the future of people on this planet hinges on. And every one of us has something to give. Every one of us has something to offer. And so, Lord, we want to offer our lives to you. We're surrendered to you. We, we just cling to the promise that you're going to make something good of every life here. And so would you keep on teaching us? Would your blessing be on my friends here as they go? In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We're done, guys. Is there prayer in the room? Okay, prayer. If you need prayer for other stuff in the prayer room, there will be people in there to pray for you. Otherwise, lunch tomorrow.
the prom.